Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is February the 26th, and we are here in the Bible reading plan. Again, on Mondays, we start with a proverb. So join me if you can by following along. Otherwise, let me read this over you. We'll be reading out of the New International Version. Today, we'll be reading Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, Come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers, or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, and her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. This concludes Proverbs chapter 9. Let us give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. And yes, I did say let us, because I have some friends with me once again today. All right, so here we go. I want everybody to say hello and make sure people know you're with us. Starting right in front of me, we have Darius. Hello. Darius, how are you today? I'm doing good. Yeah? How was yeah. your Sunday so far? It's been good. I'm tired, but I'm okay. surviving. Now, most people forget. I just said, how was your Sunday? Most people forget that I record these the day before, right. so that that way they can listen to it early in the morning tomorrow. So yeah, you good. guys might be listening right now at four in the morning when most of them drop, but this is Sunday for us, and we just got done with church. How was yes. church today, Darius? It was good. It was good. I enjoyed service. The sermon was great. Worship was great. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Um, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. And next to you, we have Aaliyah. Hello. Aaliyah, how are you doing this fine day? I'm doing good. How was your Sunday experience? It was good. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And across from her, we have Ruzo. Hi. How are you today, Ruzo? I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm doing great. Thank you. You're the only one that asked me so far, but that's okay. I forgive everybody else. I forgive everybody else. And then right next to Ruzo, we have Isaac. Isaac, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, you were killing it on the drums today. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) People that might not know, um, Isaac drums for us during worship. And here was the thing that I told him uh, that I really loved is because he's not just playing the drums. He's worshiping as he's playing the drums. And so if you ever see this guy uh, just hammering away on those those drums, man, it's worship. (laughs) Tell me, what is it about it for you that um, keeps you remembering that this is about worshiping God? Yeah, um, 
there was this one time I was actually told I was at a different church, a smaller, a lot smaller than Calvary. And there's this one lady that came up to me and uh, it sticks with me every time I remember it. She said, every time you hit any type of the, the any part of the drum set, she says, um, anytime you hit that, it is like a hit against hell. Like that oh, is, it is wow. shaking the, 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 uh, the ground of hell. And so it's really interesting. Um, I think about it like that. Um, and so that's, that definitely, um, really sticks with me. Man, that is so good. And that's actually a reminder for not just worship leaders and musicians, but for everybody who's singing as worship is taking place, right? Like if you think about Paul and Silas in prison, they were singing and praising God. This is chapter 16, verse 25. We just read this this past week, I think. Um, They were singing praises to God at midnight. And what happened to everybody's chains? They were all set free, right? Hmm. And so you got to remember that when you're worshiping God, whether it be on an instrument, leading from a microphone, or just standing by somebody singing, you are what Isaac just said. That's a, that's a beat against hell saying, nope, we're pushing you back and we're bringing the kingdom of heaven here, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good stuff. All right. Well, we just read um, a really interesting proverb, and this is kind of the concluding part of this first um, series for Proverbs. So King Solomon has given us a bunch of wisdom, uh, and he's talked about wisdom at this first part. And coming up in the next several chapters, he's going to give us kind of some one-off thoughts about wisdom. But guys, today uh, is kind of a really important piece because he gives us what it looks like to be teachable. Now, when I say that word, somebody give me some thoughts. What do you think I mean when I say teachable? If somebody's teachable, what does that say about them? I would say you are able to take criticism and you're also being able to acknowledge when you fall short in your own knowledge. Okay. So you you could acknowledge that you have failures and weaknesses and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Instead of like rejecting the teaching, they accept it and they try to um, listen to what they're saying and apply that to their life. Okay. That's good. So you're you're someone who can take what somebody's saying and you can apply that into who you are instead of just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's good. Anybody? I would just say words of encouragement, like you'll be able just to take what they're being, take what they're saying and just be able to receive it and try to apply it to your life. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So try to apply it. So Isaac, anything you want to add? No, you're good. Okay. Awesome. Uh, So let me ask you guys this. Is it easy to be teachable? Or is that extremely hard? And if it's hard, tell me why. What do you guys think? I think it's hard because you don't want to accept that you're wrong sometimes. So you have a hard time accepting when you're wrong, Aaliyah? Yes, I do. Did you get that from your father? <laughs> Probably. Oh, I resemble that. I mean, I resent that. Yes, I have a hard time admitting when I'm wrong. You know why? Because I'm always right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isaac, what are you going to say? I was thinking about actually this week or maybe yesterday even. I was um, driving with my mom and um, it's really funny that the word teachable because I was driving and I don't even know. I have a really bad habit of going over the speed limit and I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I can go 10 over. I think I was going like... 60 and a 35. It was terrible. Wait, that's not 10 over. 60 Maybe and a 35. Not. Who taught you math? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's really interesting, though. She said, when I was driving, um, she said one of the, she said really, something really interesting. She said, Isaac, um, because she would, like, correct me, and sometimes, you know, it's like, you kind of like so many corrections. I'm like, dang, like, oh my gosh, like, let me just drive. And she said, Isaac, you need to develop a teachable spirit. Ooh. So mom called you out on that. Uh, yep, mm. she did. Wow. 
Hey, let me ask you guys this. Is it harder to be teachable when it comes to your parents? I would say yes, because sometimes it's hard to think in the moment that their intentions are what's best for you. So you're not always thinking about what they're going to tell me is actually right. Okay, so it's, it's kind of a trust issue is what you're saying. Like, do I trust my parents in that moment? Yeah. Kind of yeah. sounds a little harder when I say it that way, doesn't it, guys? Yeah, like it if does. I say, oh, you don't trust your parents? <laughs> mm-hmm. But what is it? So it's not really a trust issue when you're not teachable. It's actually, do you know what issue it actually is? Pride. It's a pride issue. Nobody likes to be told they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody in here like to be told they're wrong? No. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, no. Does Why? Why don't we like to be told when we're wrong? Because it hurts our ego. Hurts our ego. Okay. What does that mean, Ruzo? Um, it means that we want to portray like we know everything and that what we say is always right. So when we get confronted in that way, it hurts our ego because it shows that we don't actually know, know it all and we don't actually have it all together. Okay. But let me ask you this. Do you know it all, Ruzo? No. And you know, you don't know it all. Yes. So then why does it hurt your ego when somebody tells you what you already know about yourself? I think it's because of how we want to be perceived. We know we are wrong, but we don't want everybody else to know that we are wrong. Okay. Okay. Anybody else relate to that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I mean, no. I think we all can relate to that. I think nobody, nobody truly says, well, I hope people think I'm not good enough to do this, right? right. And yeah. actually, the way I just said it probably relates a little bit better. It mm. makes you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Or mm. here's, here's what I don't know about you guys. I struggle when somebody tells me I'm doing something wrong it makes me feel like, oh, I'm not as good as them. Mm. Like they're better than me in some way, shape or form, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that true? If somebody calls us out, does that mean they're better than us? No. Aaliyah, you're shaking your head no too. What do you, what, anything you want to say to that? No, I don't think that means that they're better than us. Then why does it make us feel so insecure when somebody else calls us out? Should, it, should people call us out? Yes, I think they should. As Christians, we should be holding each other accountable. For things that we do. Okay, just as Christians? No, as people in general, but... <laughs> okay. What does it say about somebody if they're willing to call us out on something? What does that say about how they feel about us? Are they just trying to pick on us? No. Um, I, I think mean, if they have the right intentions, then yeah. they want to help us grow. Okay, so they actually care about us? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so when somebody calls us out, Darius, mm -hmm. do you always feel like that means they care about you? It depends on how they say it and if I feel like they're saying it because they truly care or they just want to make me feel a certain type of way. Okay. And do we automatically, and this is, this is a huge question for you to think about, do you think our tendency is to automatically believe they care about us or automatically believe they're picking on us? Which is our tendency, do you think? For me, I automatically feel like they're picking on us. You automatically feel like they're picking on you. Why? Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I feel like... It might just be because of the way that I feel about myself. Okay, so maybe that's an insecurity. Yeah. Yeah, anybody else battle with that, insecurities? Yes, actually, I do think that I definitely, when there is, like, criticism given, I think sometimes it can be definitely hard to take it in, a, in, a, in the right way, if that makes sense. Okay, because, again, it's an insecurity of your own already? Do you think? Yes, I would say so. Okay, so tell me, guys, what are some insecurities that automatically play into this conversation, right? Like, um, we live in a very social media world, so you already, as young people, are really 
um, have it thrown in your face that you have to look a certain way, that people have to perceive you a certain way. So do you think it ruins your image a little bit when people are calling you out on something? Is that part of the, the conversation? I would say for me, yes. Um, because when someone's pointing out something that I did wrong, then maybe they perceive me as differently than I want them to. Okay, so instead of, and I just want to make sure we, we understand this, guys, instead of understanding that they're actually wanting to help grow your image of who you really are, we perceive it as they're attacking our image, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And is that, a, is that fair? Is that right for us to do? No. No. Mm-mm. Then why do we automatically go to it? You ever thought about that? Yeah. yeah. It's part of human nature, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to look good in front of other people, and so we don't like it if somebody says something that makes us feel like they're attacking us or that we don't look good to them. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. But that's not what God intends. And so this is what King Solomon is saying. He's actually saying, listen to this first part. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Okay, who is she calling out to? Who did it say she was calling out to? The simple. The simple. Who are the simple? Everyone. Everybody. Okay, everyone. But let's, let's break this down a little bit. What does it mean when it says to the simple? What is that? Somebody who's what? Doesn't. Don't have like, knowledge. Yeah, no, you're all right. They don't have a foundation. Okay, they're not using knowledge. They don't have a foundation. It's somebody who's not trying to find the wise way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, have we all been there before or is that a specific group of people? We've all yeah. been there before. So are you guys telling me you've made decisions before that weren't wise? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Darius. You even said that was something. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, so uh, the truth is we have all been there. So anybody who's listening right now who is actually struggling with decisions that maybe you've gone through, um, you just need to know this is talking to all of us because we've all made simple decisions before instead of wise decisions. Now, remember, when King Solomon is talking about a woman, what is it that is, he's talking about actually? Wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, he, that's his, his reference to wisdom. Now, if it's a virtuous woman, what type of wisdom is that relating to? Godly? Yes, godly wisdom. So virtuous woman, godly wisdom. Any other type of wisdom we can assume is? Ungodly, ungodly wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, ungodly wisdom. I didn't know there was such thing as ungodly wisdom. So what does that mean? Okay, that's a great question because it's a little confusing. And we only think of wisdom as being um, the ability to do wise things that make sense. Now, mm-hmm. in, in all actuality, yes, there's only wisdom coming from God. That is true wisdom. When we say ungodly wisdom, it's actually in the Bible referred to as craftiness, right? So like the serpent was more crafty than any other thing that God had made. Mm. And that's... This ability to take truth and twist it. It's almost like being the parallel opposite of wisdom, but it's the same magnitude, right? So the serpent is able to take all things and be able to figure out ways to trick you with those things. That's a wisdom, but it's an ungodly wisdom, which the Bible refers to as craftiness. Does that make sense? So yeah. is that just knowing when and how to use the, your knowledge? It's Yeah, so wisdom is being able to know when and how to properly use the things that you know. 
Uh, and so the craftiness side would be being able to use the things you know for bad, yeah. right? Like being yeah. able to draw somebody into something. And it's funny because today at church, uh, Pastor Marty at Calvary Church actually talked about truth, mm-hmm. right? And he talked about how easily we are distracted from truth. Mm. Um, and the only way to get to truth is the word. The word. The word. And if you remember last week's proverb, what did he say about when God defined truth and order? In the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah, before creation. And so that's the, I think that's amazing. It still blows my mind um, that God, before he created everything, he had a plan and he said, this is truth. This is what it looks like, right? Yeah. yeah. And so King Solomon now is saying that this wise woman, uh, it's like she's preparing this feast. She's preparing this party. What, why do you think he uses that terminology to talk about this wise woman? It almost sounds like, there is, it says that there's a table being set, like there's a table being prepared. So therefore it sounds like there is a seat waiting, like wisdom is always waiting. It's always there. Um, and so therefore if there's a, if there's a, if there's a table set, there also means that there's a seat waiting for you to receive that wisdom. Ooh, that's good. So there's a table with a seat set waiting for you. That's really good. Um, what else about a table though? Think about what happens around a table. You guys got any thoughts to why, like, why is that so specific? Why, what does it matter that there's a table set and there's people with, or there's food there, she has a table set for you, she's poured the wine. What does that um, symbolize? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, like people coming together to eat. And why do people come together to eat out of? They have relationship. They have relationship. Wisdom is about having this relationship with the understanding of who God is and what he wants for you. And so it's drawing us into this spot of saying, I don't just want information. I want the understanding that comes in this relationship with having this relationship with wisdom that helps me make wise decisions and helps me know the paths that I should go and not be drawn off. Does that make sense? That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, sometimes I think it's hard for us to have a relationship with wisdom. What do you think distracts us from that relationship? If you have any thoughts of things that pull us away from like having this devote energy towards me, I just want wisdom. I just want to know truth and I want to follow truth. What are the things that draw us away from that? Um, I would say the people that are around us, our influences, the people that we surround ourselves with, I would say are our biggest influence. That's huge. Okay, so you're saying that the people we hang out with have an influence on how we make decisions? Definitely. Okay, do you guys find that to be true in your lives? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was also going to say, I feel like our understanding is one too, because we can understand it. We can think one thing that can distract us and like bring us away from the truth, that it can like bring us away from what truism is and how we can get it. Yeah, and Darius, we talked about this last week. Can we have on our own true understanding? No. How do we have to get it? Through the Word. Through God. the Word of God and through instruction from people who are studying the Word with us and helping us learn, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So that's good. Isaac, you were going to say something? Yeah, that's really good. I love how you said having people around us. Um, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I brought up the Israelites. Um, and interestingly, like, I was doing more study on that. And it says, like, what we know about that is that the Israelites, like, they were surrounded um, by other nations. Like, they were surrounded by other nations that had, were worshiping false gods, that had terrible kings. And then, again, they wanted a king. And so, like, when, I th- when you said that, I thought about, like, proximity influences pursuit. Like what we surround ourselves with, the people that we surround ourselves with, 
right? That influences what we pursue. And usually if you're surrounding yourself with people that are, you know, because you can have a bunch of friends, right? And they can be leading you in the wrong way. You can have uh, uh, tons of friends and they're saying, do what you want, do what your heart follows. And the Bible says the heart is deceitful. Um, And so I would say that it's really important that we have to be careful who we surround ourselves with, what we keep in in closeness to us. Because it'll influence what we pursue and what we desire. Well, and that's not just true about the Bible and about God, is it, guys? No. Like, what's some other things that people, um, when you hang out with your friends, you just realize, hey, I'm drawn to the same things as them. And so we, like, do you have something as a friend group that everybody says the same or you realize, hey, yeah. you say that because Darius yeah. always says that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. that just happens even with the way we talk, doesn't it? Yeah. And so it we is. have to be careful because the people we hang out with, and I think I heard Pastor Adrian tell you guys this before, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, yeah. right? Like yeah. the people so you hang around with and associate yourself with have so much influence on you, you don't even realize it's happening, mm-hmm. right? Also, those are the voices that are loudest in your ears. The, whatever yeah. they're saying is what you're listening to, and you're probably going to apply it because you think whatever your friends think is true other than okay. how you think about your parents. Which, actually, let's jump down to the, the bottom part of this because he says in verse 13, Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way. She says this, Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. But listen to this part. But little do they know that the dead are there, that that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Mm. What do you think King Solomon's trying to say about this this wisdom that actually isn't godly wisdom that is so easily drawn into, what does it lead us to? What is he, what is he describing this as? I think that he's describing it as sin, that it leads us to sin. And because um, sin leads us away from God, that's why when you're living in sin, it's dead. Okay. You're dead in sin. Absolutely. So it brings us to death. It causes us to do things that maybe we didn't want to do. Yeah. Right. Um, interesting. Who was the first woman talking to? The simple. The simple. Who is the folly, um, unruly woman talking to? The The simple. simple. (laughs) The simple. Okay. So what does that tell us about us? Any thoughts there? There are like two voices talking to us, trying to get us. Oh, Aaliyah. Okay, so there's two (laughs) voices constantly tugging at us. This is a a really deep concept that um, in the New Testament, Paul talks a lot about, and he calls it, my new self in my flesh, mm. and they're constantly yeah. at battle, and they're, they're fighting to get control over us, right? Yeah. And so describe our fleshly self for a second. What, what is the flesh interested in? Do you have any thoughts to that? Um, just like ungodly things, things of the world. Okay. Pleasure, Pleasure. for ourselves. Yeah. Sin. Okay. Temptation. And the, the truth is, it's actually more simplistic than that. I mean, it's... Um, it's just the, the unpursuit of God. Yeah. It's the ability to be complacent. Mm-hmm. Like we think the flesh is trying to draw us to like go murder and steal <laughs> and destroy. Mm-hmm. Actually, the flesh is just trying to get you to be complacent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wants you to be just kind of okay with where things are at and not pursuing righteousness. What does complacent mean? That's a great question. Anybody want to answer that? You got thoughts? 
that's okay. So complacent is basically being okay with where things are at, even if they're bad. Oh. Like you ever notice something was wrong and you're like, I need to do that. I need to do better there. I need to fix that. Mm. But you just didn't. Or just being yeah. still. Yeah, like just being it. still. And is that also with laziness? Is that lazy? Yeah, I think laziness. And funny because um, King Solomon in the, in the Proverbs will talk about that later on uh, okay. in, a, in a few chapters later. He talks about sloth, slothliness or laziness or the inability to get yourself moving. Mm-hmm. And okay. he's talking about that same thing. He's mm-hmm. saying, look, you can know things are wrong and not do anything about it. Mm. Like, I don't know how you guys are. Any of you got messy rooms at home? <laughs> I did. Yeah. You did? And then what happened? Rizzo? And then I cleaned it. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody told you to? No, because I was sick of living in my mess. You were sick of living in your mess. But how long did you let it get messy before you cleaned it? A week. A week. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else messy? Nobody wants to admit it on the podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, so am I. Like yeah. I had, I had like three baskets of clean clothes that I just didn't fold Real. and put away. And I was like, man, I got to get that stuff put away. Right. But, <laughs> but what happens is we get comfortable and we get complacent. That's what that means. We just get used to living in that mess. Mm. Um, and so the enemy doesn't just trying to get you to do bad things. Right. Yeah. Like this ability to mm. listen to this unruly woman is actually the ability just to be okay with I'm okay mm. with where things are at. Mm. I don't need to change. Ooh, I don't need to grow. Well, no, that's actually bad. Oh, right? No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it's mean, a good that's point. A good point. Okay, that's a okay. good point. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually really, really bad. And the truth it is, really is we all get to that complacent spot over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. Think about even um, New Year's resolutions. Did any of you guys make one? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. What is it? February the twenty sixth. Yeah. Uh, how are those New Year's resolutions going? Um, they're still a work in progress. <laughs> going. I wouldn't say they're habits or anything. So then you haven't done it for what is it, thirty-five or fifty-five days in a yeah, row? Yeah, definitely you not. Have not. Okay, okay. No. See, because you had this great idea, you wanted to do it, but the truth is, we're all battling with the flesh that says, "Nah, just be okay." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul Discipline. says this, and I, you guys have heard me talk about this before. I love Romans chapter seven, mm-hmm. and that's where he has yeah. almost like this inner battle with himself. He says, "Man, I don't get it. I want to do what's right." But the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Mm, and the things I want to do, I just can't get myself to do them. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is what King Solomon is talking about, right? He's yeah. contrasting. There's this obvious, it's calling to you. It's this understanding that wisdom is there and you need to go after it. But then there's this complacency and it's like an unruly woman. Mm. And you're like, oh, I could easily just fall into this, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Does that go with self-control? Like not doing the things that, you know you shouldn't be doing, even though your flesh wants yeah, to? Yeah, I think self-control is a huge part of that conversation because in order to say, I'm going to dedicate myself to this, and I think dedicate's actually a good counter word to, self, or to what's happening with this lack of self-control, right? Mm-hmm. Like self-control is the ability to say, man, I'm going to be so dedicated to wisdom and to doing what's right that even though my flesh is fighting me and I would rather do this instead, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Like think about homework. Do you guys come home and do your homework right away? No. no. What do you do instead? I Chill. I rest from my <laughs> hard, long day. Yeah. You rest from your hard, long day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but for real, like even, even just so you guys know, one of my advice is, man, I'll come home, I'll, I'll work all day, 
then I'll go work out, and then I'll get home. And man, I like to sit and play Minecraft. You know why? <laughs> <laughs> because I love I love creating something that I don't have to clean up later. And so right. it's like this easy, mm. mindless thing for me to mm. do. Helps you to relax. Yeah, Just helps me relax. Get your mind off of the reality. But at the same time, I'm also trying to memorize scripture, and I'm also trying to um, write some curriculum and do some other things that I know are important for me to do. But my flesh says, nah, just relax. Just mm-hmm. chill. Right. And that is where the enemy would love to keep you. Yeah. You know why? Listen to what it says about the unruly woman. Little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. What do you think it means that it says that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead? Mm. What does that mean? Yeah, I think it's like... So when I think of that, I think of like we were just talking about comfortability and staying where you are. And so when it talks about the dead, you're not necessarily if you are, you're not growing spiritually. You're not growing at all. Like counterability, comfort, sorry, comfortability, your comfort. Yeah, it (laughs) it counters like what you're called to do or your purpose, like what you're driven. And so like the enemy will use that as a weapon almost. He'll use your to if I can stay comfortable, I'm fine where I am. I don't need to grow. Well, like or I just I'm fine where I'm and I'm fine with the life that I'm living living um you're not going to grow you're not going to grow spiritually you're not going to grow anywhere and not just in even outside of spiritual terms right if you're trying to you're not living a healthy life and you're comfortable with where you are you're never going to get up and go to the gym i'm fine i'm yeah. okay i'm i may not be like that person or like that but i'm i'm, I'm okay with where i am and you're yeah. never going to grow so i think that when we're when it's it mentions the dead um you might be like you said you're you might be you might be alive but if you're not growing spiritually you're basically dead yeah you're dying and here's the interesting part of verse 18 that says but little do they know yeah what does that mean little do they know do you guys have Um, any thoughts i think maybe like they are expecting something different yeah they think they're being led to life yeah Yeah. but little do they understand like they're not living at all they're not growing they're not healthy they're slowly dying here's the interesting thing with people that that have unhealthy habits they might know it's an unhealthy thing when they start it, mm-hmm. but they don't know that they're unhealthy while it's happening, right? That's good. Until it's too late. Yeah. They get so far down a road of unhealth that now it's consumed them and they had no idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. One of my favorite um, pastors, he's in Florida, um, and he's, his name is Rich Wilkerson Jr. And he, I'm on his leadership um, like email thing or whatever that gets sent out every Tuesday. Um, and one of, I remember this sticks with me all the time. He says, decisions last, but desires fade away. Um, wow. and a lot of the times like wisdom is saying like, I have to be careful about what I'm about to do. Is this a decision that is going to benefit me long-term or is this just an emotional desire or something that looks good right now, but is not going to last in the, in, in the long run? Yeah, that's so good. And most times, do you think we realize what the long-term impact is on those things or do you think we're deceived? I think we are deceived. Yeah. I, th- I think that most of the times we don't even know what we are, what we're, what we're thinking and what, we'll, what our plans are. So yeah, I would say that we are most, most of the times deceived. Exactly. And that deception is actually what leads us to death. And that's what King Solomon is saying, that people get yeah. deceived into this, in this lack of wisdom Notice the difference here because um, the, the wise woman, she's busy preparing her house. She's making a place that'll be comfortable, that will build relationship, uh, that will call people into this understanding. But where's the woman um, that, is, that is full of folly? Where is she at? Do you guys see that in verse 14? 
sits by the doorway of her house. She sits by the doorway of her house. She's calling people in, right? She's she's not waiting for people to come to her. She's trying to get people Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you about worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom? Which are we more easily drawn into? Mm, worldly the worldly wisdom. wisdom. Do you think that happens to us today, even as Christians? Do you think we're easily yeah. distracted by worldly wisdom? And yeah. if so, do you have an example of what that looks like? Or here, let me make that a little easier. Are there things that you hear Christians do or say that you're like, well, this should be obvious, but for some reason we justify it because of how the world looks? I would say that with cussing. I would say a lot of Christians try to justify it because sometimes they don't see that cussing and cursing are the same thing. Okay. Cussing and cursing. That's good. That's that's kind of a big one. I hear people do it all the time. Yeah. 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 Anything else you guys can say? I would say another thing is gossiping because I feel like a lot of people, like every age, everybody do gossip like on a regular basis. And we do it so much that we don't even realize that it's bad. Like it's just a regular that everybody do. Yeah, I think everybody gets caught up in gossip somehow, and that just leads to destruction, right? Yeah. That's, I think that's actually a really good one. That um, Cussing maybe is a little harder to see this, but how many times have you seen or heard or maybe been part of gossip that brought destruction and death to friendships? Yeah. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's an easy one to understand when he says um, that it's, it's the dead waiting there and you don't even realize it. Um, But there's constant things that we get drawn into and we don't even realize they're leading us to death. Okay, so this brings us to the middle part. We're almost done here. Uh, We've kind of gone to the the top of this, then to the bottom. Now, in the middle, it says these, these pretty awesome words. It says, whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. What is the difference between the mockers and the wise? How come one of them hates you and the other one loves you? What do you think is the difference there? Mockers cannot see where they fall short, and they think they're not doing anything wrong. So when, um, circling back to what we were talking about before, so when they get corrected, they feel like you're just attacking them. Okay. They They can't accept it. But at the beginning, we said all of us at some point resist correction, right? We have a hard time with it. So what does that tell us about us then? Are we always easily corrected or do we have the tendency to fall into the same spot that Solomon is talking about, the unwise? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, what? Yes, we We, can all fall into that. Sometimes I'll kind of have an attitude and I'll say something rude to somebody and then later I'll feel really bad for it. Okay, you feel bad because that wasn't what you wanted to respond with? Yeah. What do you think causes you to do that then? If you, if you know it's not what you want to do, why do you think it just comes out of you at times? I feel like maybe it's like your emotions or like how like it controls you and how you just naturally go off something without thinking. So Darius, have you experienced that too where you've oh, responded? Yes. Yeah. Yes, a lot okay. of times. I can say things to people that I don't mean at the moment, but just because I'm feeling a certain type of way, it just comes out like it. Like it could even be a negative way. I can just say something negative that's not coming from a negative heart, but it just comes out like that because right. of my emotions. Right, right, right. So it's funny because I always tell people this. We will say something sometimes and then say, oh, I didn't mean that. But the truth is you did mean it. You didn't mean to say it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. We say what comes out of our heart. Yeah. And at times when we're frustrated, it's not because we didn't 
we don't say something because we weren't frustrated. We're frustrated, yeah. right? So you did mean to say it. You just didn't mean to say it out loud. Like you really do feel that way. Right. right. So I think there's something to this of we got to get really good at expressing how we feel mm. so we can do it in a healthy, proper way, right? right? Otherwise, we say things and it leads to death. and We don't even realize, like, we don't want to do that. I, I can think of other examples that maybe um, some of the older people listening in this right now can think of, like, I know a lot of young adults who will say, man, I, I didn't want to go out drinking with them, but, you know, I just wanted to hang out with them and I just had a drink, which led to another drink. Or I've talked to other young people um, in relationships this way. I didn't want it to be physical, but, you know, I just kind of gave into that and then it led me down a road I didn't want to go. I call these the how did I get here moments. You guys mm-hmm. ever had a how did I get here moment? Be yeah. like, man, this is not what I planned for my life. Uh, how did I end up here? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I actually found myself um, in the middle of an eating disorder. Okay. An eating disorder. Aaliyah, did you um, just wake up one day and said, you know what? I think I'm going to be in an eating disorder today. Is, <laughs> is that how that happened? No. <laughs> okay. So what, what led you there? How did you get to that? Um, what started with my thoughts, um, the way that I f- felt about my body, um, and then thoughts led to actions, and then it just slowly started getting worse and worse so it led to it okay so you, did you even realize while it was happening that it was happening no um well I kind of did but I definitely didn't realize that it was going to be that bad and so Aaliyah do you feel like that was taking away from life or do you feel like that was adding to life it was definitely taking away life it was taking away life and yeah. do you see how uh just kind of this this woman that King Solomon's talking about here who's calling to you and drawing you in without you even realizing it. And he says, all that's there for you is death, right? You, mm-hmm. you see what he's saying there? That's kind of what you walked through. And yeah. you didn't even, it wasn't like you wanted to be there. Right. You allowed um, your self-worth to come from something that wasn't true, mm-hmm. right? And you allowed yourself to evaluate yourself off what you saw other people, which remember, we talked about this before, is what you see on social media of other people. Is that the truth? No. 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 Why? Why do you say no? What is it actually? It's the best version of them. It's the best version of them. As as many people say, you're catching their highlight reel of their life. Yeah. Like mm. they're showing you the high moments. Mm. They have really deep low moments that you don't ever get mm. to see. Right? Yeah. And so you're judging your life off that. So it's not even real. It's not even true. And so um, this middle part here, we got to get back to this because we're almost done here. Almost out of time. Uh, when you correct somebody who's a mocker, when you rebuke the wicked, it says that they'll give you insults and abuse. But when you rebuke the wise, they will love you. So if you're ever in that spot where there's, like for you, Aaliyah, I don't know if you had somebody that spoke life over you other than your parents, but um, <laughs> if you're ever in a spot like that, you have to have people around you who you can respect and who you can love, right? Yeah. Because they're going to speak to you in a way that's going to bring life to you. And if you're a wise person, you will receive that in love, right? Mm. So this is talking two different sides of the conversation. Do you see this? Mm-hmm. It's not only talking about how people respond, but King Solomon's also telling you how to respond. Yeah. So listen to verse 10 and 11 and 12 real quickly. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the first thing King Solomon does, 
So he brings us to the spot of realizing it's not about who? Us. Who is it about? God. It's about God. He says the, um, the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. He's talking about God, right? right? And so when we focus on God and not on ourselves, that's step number one. And then through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. So what does wisdom cause us to start doing? If it's adding years to our life, then it's causing us to make what type of choices? Good. Good choice. Yeah, good, wise choices that bring us to life. Remember, we don't understand that we're being drawn away from that. Right. We get into a spot and before we realize it, we're in the house of the dead, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to be very wise in how we live. And then the ending of this middle part, he says, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. So those are two indicators for your life right there. You have wisdom rewards you, mockers alone will suffer. So here's how you can know what kind of wisdom you're listening to. Okay, he gave us a very clear understanding right there, indicators. How do you know if you're listening to the wise way, if you're, you're understanding wisdom? When are you getting rewarded? Okay, so when you're finding reward out of life, then yeah. you're following the wise way. Mm -hmm. How do you know when you're not following that, when you're following the way of the mocker? You start to suffer. Yeah, <laughs> you start to suffer. You're both exactly right. You suffer. And here's what I would just tell everybody listening today. What King Solomon just gave us right here are two measuring sticks for us to be able to see where we're at in life. If you find yourself frustrated over and over and over again because of something you're doing or going through or that's happening to you, maybe step back, evaluate your life, find out. Are you listening to the wise way? Are you going into this folly? Are you being complacent and comfortable with, with where life really is? So let's end here with this. The best way that you can do this is to have people around you who will speak life into you. To find somebody that you can say, hey, if you ever see me being a knucklehead, I expect you to come up and hit me on the back of the head and mm -hmm. tell me, don't do this. Do you guys have people in your life that will do that for you? Yeah. 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 I think you do that for each other, don't yeah, you? Yeah, right. I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. And that's, to be honest with you guys, I wish everybody that calls themselves a Christian would have a friend who would be brutally honest with them, that would look them in the eye and say, you're being dumb. Stop doing this. And I know that sounds harsh, and I know that sounds mean, but the truth is, if you want wisdom, you'll receive that as love. If you're, if you're in folly, you'll, you'll mock them. You'll, you'll make fun of them and push them back. So that's how you can know where you're at. Find somebody who will tell you when you're doing something wrong and see how you respond to them. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Hey, I'm proud of you guys. You're always encouraging each other. I did have somebody ask me today, um, is there a way that people can have a Bible study with you guys? Like I've heard. Yes. I know. Isn't that awesome? Yes, we would love that. <laughs> okay. If you yeah, go ahead. desire that, please reach out. Please. Okay. So <laughs> here's welcome. what we'll have to do. Maybe we can set up a time where they can join you guys at one of your Starbucks conversations. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I seriously had someone ask that today. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to make sure that happens. So we would love that. Seriously, okay, yeah, we would yeah. love that. See, and that's, that's what good friendships do. That's opening up and setting the table for a relationship to grow in wisdom and understanding. Mm -hmm. And guys, most important thing you could do. So proud of you guys. Thanks so much for being here with us this weekend. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you for having yes. us. Yeah, it's always fun. Hey, I hope this has been a blessing to you as you listen to this conversation. Remember, most important thing 
is to go after wisdom. It's not the easy path. It's much easier for us to be complacent and allow ourselves to be drawn into everything else. But pursue God, pursue wisdom. And when you do that, you will find life. When you don't do that, you don't even realize you're being led into the realm of the dead. Hey, that's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Thank you.